is Ronaldo. Oh, my goodness. You don't save those. Out of this world. Messi. 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 Things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crown champions of the world. From the international stage to right here at home, this is FUVFC, talking all things soccer on WFUV Sports. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to FUVFC. It's been a wonderful week of Champions League football. The MLS Cup final is set, and of course, Premier League matches to talk about. My name is Gino Alva. I'm here alongside my co-hosts, Michael Hernandez and Nick Guzman. How are you guys doing? I'm doing excellent. Um so much soccer going on right now. Literally right now, there's Champions League action happening. Um, a big day yesterday. Tottenham didn't pull a Tottenham. They got a result in Marseille and won the group. MLS Cup final is set. Philly Union and NYCFC, what a game that was. LAFC kind of just steamrolled over Austin. And then there's all this stuff happening. Then we've got literally three weeks until the World Cup kicks off in Qatar. So a lot of things happening right now and a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's great to have so much soccer. And, uh, yeah, we are so close to the World Cup. I, I honestly can't believe we're only, you know, a couple of weeks away. Uh, you know, where has the time gone? But, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, it's been an insane long four years from the last World Cup. We're almost there. A couple, couple of weeks away, we're going to get the rosters in soon, probably the next couple of days. Injuries, of course, have been a big topic for the World Cup, but we'll get that later. But now I want to start with, I think we should go into – the Premier League and some notable matches. I think we had to talk about Leeds United and Brighton. I think we should start with Brighton beating Chelsea at home four to one. Goals from Trissard and Gross and two incredible own goals to say. <laughs> it was definitely a blow to Grand Potter's Grand Potter's Chelsea, you know, especially Potter himself coming back to Brighton and being beaten like that. Nick, I want to hear your thoughts because you're the Chelsea guy. Um what was your thoughts on the game, you know, how it all escalated and what was your reaction to the whole match? Well First things first, I was a little bit dumbfounded at the lineup that Graham Potter decided to play um, with the back three of Kukurea, Silva, and Chalaba. So that's one already kind of left-back, left-sided player, Kukurea, playing at center-back. And your two wing-backs being Raheem Sterling and Christian Pulisic, two players who are not really wing-backs. Christian Pulisic has some experience playing there back from his days in Dortmund and just kind of being a makeshift guy with under Thomas Tuchel. Raheem Sterling's never been a wingback. None of those guys are really defensively proficient. So you're starting the game with really only, you know, with two center halves and a left back, and the rest of it is more attacking-minded players. Even Kovacic and Loftus-Cheek in the midfield isn't the most defensive midfield in the world. Loftus-Cheek's a player who likes to go forward and likes to make space for himself. Kovacic can go both ways. But it's just, in my opinion, it's way too many attacking players in one lineup. Um... I think this is a good sort of setup for a game maybe against Brighton at home when you know you're going to possess the ball a ton. But when you're going to Brighton, a team that's um, played very well this season, first under Potter, and now now that he's gone, they still have continued their form. I think it's bold to to go on the road and set up your team in a in a in a way like that with only three real defenders, you, you know, in your starting lineup. And I think 
Chelsea got exposed for for those defensive weaknesses. I mean, Brighton put four past them, including two own goals. And I think a lot of people were talking about the lineup before the game and wondering how it was going to shake out because we'd, te- we'd seen Sterling play wing back a little bit um, in substitute appearances. Same with Pulisic, but this was the first time they both started together as the two wing backs. And I think it's very evident that it just didn't work. And um, sure, there's some injuries for Chelsea that they have to deal with, but think there are ways they could have set up that that didn't leave them so exposed to the back yeah I mean obviously you know I, I don't think this is what uh what Graham Potter had in mind especially as he returned uh, to the Amex Stadium but um yeah especially uh, as you said you know uh, uh, putting in players that may not be you know in positions that maybe they're not naturally suited to I mean obviously we are still very young into you know his time at Chelsea so I'm sure that he'll he'll iron those out um but I expect that this was um, just uh, you know, um, an unfortunate result for them, and, and I really don't think that this is gonna set like a bad tone, uh, especially for the rest of the season or like for tonight's game against um, Dinamo Zagreb and the other uh, final matches before the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we expected Brian to play really good since the beginning of the season. They beat Manu at Old Trafford. You know, the whole situation with Potter leaving the club and then um, having an interim manager. But I do want to talk about Keppa. Keppa started the match. He, you know, he was kind of, uh, he was all right, but, you know, there was three goals in the first half. Obviously, the two own goals happened in the first half, and he, uh, I think he had a slight issue at halftime, and uh, Potter subbed him off. Uh, was it the right decision to start Keppa? We obviously know the history with Keppa and Chelsea and, you know, his attitude towards the club and playing in big matches, especially, you know, FA Cups, League Cups, you know, we, talk, we can talk all about it. But I feel like Mendy should be the number one keeper, and I know we have to give, you know, uh, time to other goalkeepers like Keppa, but was it the right decision to start Keppa? I think Keppa's been until really this game he's been he's he, he's been solid this year when he's st- when he's played under Grand Potter. And I think Edward Mendy since he came in and they won the Champions League, he's been shaky, he's had shaky moments with with some bad giveaways and some and some bad errors in net for Chelsea. Um and I think Grand Potter is really just kind of riding the hot hand. And that could really I think now with Keppa's um, slight injury. He's going to miss the Dinamo Zagreb game today. It's a foot injury. Uh, the ni- uh, the lineups were just announced. Mendy is starting, and then um, Bennett uh, Tonelli is on the bench. Like is yeah. Pulisic uh, starting? Uh, Pulisic is on the bench. The starting lineup, mm. uh, actually, I, I, if I can get your take on it, Nick, it's uh, Aspilicueta, Chalaba, uh, Kulibai, St- Sterling, uh, Dennis Zakaria with his first start, Jorginho, Chilwell, Mount, Aubameyang, and Havertz. Yeah, it's already a little more... Um, defensive mind just a little bit with with Chilwell starting at wing back likely with Espelicueta, Chalaba, Koulibaly being the three center backs. Um, I think probably you could say he learned his lesson but Chelsea have been good in the group stage so far this season they're just looking to get this game done and then move on to the next round but I think back to Kepa and and Edward Mendy I think you see Mendy starting in this game this could very easily be a game Mendy plays well and then now it's Mendy's job for the rest of the way. Um, and Kepa doesn't get another look in. That's just kind of, the, I think, the way Potter's approaching it, coming in neutrally. He didn't bring either of those goalkeepers in, just seeing who's the hotter hand. There's no real favoritism that he has to have because he didn't buy any of the keepers. Um, and I think he's just going to ride the hot hand. We've seen Kepa play well at times, but we've also seen him play not Poor. so not so great. Yeah. Um, but this could easily be a situation where you know Kepa had the run of games, now he's got a little slight injury, and Mandy just takes the job back and runs with it. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I, I saw a couple minutes of the game, but you know, you know, Chelsea always plays very well. Sometimes when you know when they're playing away stadium, sometimes you know supporters or the the mindset of the players can get to you. 
but you know obviously a 4-1 defeat away was very very crucial for Chelsea and now they play Arsenal the first place team Sunday November 6th uh Nick what do you th- what are your thoughts on that we obviously know how Arsenal are playing right now they defeated I think Nottingham 5-0 at the Emirates yes so a little bit worriness in there you know the way Chelsea played against uh Brian do you think they can come out with the point at least I think they'll definitely be up for the occasion at home um we saw Chelsea against United um two weeks ago um we were talking about the way both those teams were playing, and it kind of squared up the way that we thought it would be in a 1-1 draw. I think Arsenal are are due for maybe a, a bit of a reality check. You know, as harsh as that, that might sound, they've been playing so well recently that that everybody's contributing. I mean, Reese Nelson got two goals against Donning and Forest. They're really flying on all cylinders, but um, you know Chelsea. It's a London derby. Chelsea are going to be up for the game, and I'd expect... Um, Grand Potter to put out more of a similar lineup that he put out today against against Dean Mozagra compared to the lineup against Brighton um, with a little more defensive structure. Right. Score predictions? I'll go two one Chelsea. I think Chelsea can get a win and they and they kind of knock Arsenal and stop the invincible off their team. heels a little bit. I think there's gonna be a lot of goals, a lot of goals from Arsenal and Chelsea, and hopefully Christian Pulisic gets the start. Mike, uh, any score predictions for this Sunday? It's a, it's gonna be a London derby. It, so it is gonna be a Sanford a Bridge. Derby. You know when it comes to. London Derby's, it gets hostile there. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to... Uh, is it... I'm sorry, did you say at the bridge or... At, at, the, bridge. at the bridge. Ooh. At the bridge. Okay, Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch it, so that's going to be sad. Uh, I'm going to say 3-2 Chelsea. Goals from... <laughs> Christian Pulisic hat-trick. <laughs> I was about to say that. Um, I'll go with a, with a goal from Aubameyang, because I feel like that would happen. Aubameyang what? Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, let's do Sterling and Jorginho penalty. I think it's going I think it's going to be a, a good 3-2 match. Uh Christian Pulisic might have to score if if he's on the bench he'll probably get on score a super super sub goal in the 90th but you know we'll have to see what happens this Sunday. Uh let's move on to our next notable match in the Premier League. I think it's Mike's uh favorite time to talk about Liverpool. So we got to talk about the American coach Jesse Marsh leading Leeds United to a 2-1 win at Anfield. Liverpool possibly saving his job. A uh, match of wonders, and you know a lot of talking points from the first Leeds goal to Liverpool not tr- not being able to score in the second half to Somerville from Leeds hitting the ball at an awkward angle to give the game-winning goal to Leeds United. Mike, I remember, I think I texted you after the game. You did, yeah. And I said, Messlier, Messlier, is that how you pronounce his name? Melier, yeah. Melier was definitely the man, man of the match. match. He had yeah, nine so saves, saves. Nine I, saves. I, I'm tempted to quote another thing from uh, from AFTV, like uh, especially when uh, Arsenal went against uh, United when yeah. when De Gea like 15 saves, like you know, could okay. save the Titanic. Exactly, it's un- unbelievable. Um, yeah, what was your reaction to the match? Because you know, pissed. <laughs> when it mad. comes to when it comes to Champions League, you know, Liverpool is really good and they're playing. Really, they're scoring a lot of goals. You know, Trent's good, but. Uh, what was your reaction to this match, especially Jesse March's job on the line? You know, I I honestly don't know what to think about this team this season because, you know, you you get the one nil win against City and you're thinking, oh, you know, may, maybe we're back. You get the one nil against West Ham and you're thinking, okay, this is this is momentum, and then you lose one nothing to Nottingham. Then of course you you win in Ajax uh, during midweek, confirming uh, that you're in the knockout stages. And then this game with that horrible back pass from Gomez. I don't know what he was doing. 
uh, to concede that first goal within five minutes. Th- this was actually the first Liverpool game that I think I've watched just because I've been busy with work. Like this, like I was home for the weekend. I was like, oh, you know, what? I'm going to turn on the TV. Let's watch. And and I just see that happen. And then I'm like, OK. And then uh, and then luckily we equalize. And then, you know, just the uh, just the inability to score. And then obviously, um, you know, I, I, I think Van Dyke and the, and the back line should have done a better job with that uh, with that final goal. But um, yeah, overall, it was very sad because Van Dyke's streak of not losing yeah, a Premier League Anfield. game ends at seventy. For like, this was the first time he had ever lost a Premier League game at home, and he joined us in twenty eighteen in this in the winter. Yeah, so 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 January twenty eighteen. It is November. Well, at that point, it was, it, it was October yeah. of twenty twenty two. It, it, it's an impressive record, so it's a shame to see it go down. But obviously, as well for Liverpool, you know, uh, th- those were valuable points that we've dropped again. Now we're in ninth with 16 points. We are closer to relegation than we are to Arsenal, which is really, it, it's a shame. Um, but yeah, like the, uh, like I said before, I, I feel like this team, you know, just one one game plays amazing and then the next game you know just forgets how to play obviously you know we lost to Leeds and and I and I know that we're going to get into this and then we beat Napoli 2 nothing like I I just don't know where this form is coming from um you know right now I'm just hoping you know the uh, that World Cup break cannot come soon enough cuz I know that once uh that month off we get some players back from uh from injuries I know that you know and it's important that we do some business in the in the January window I could see Liverpool you know turning the page but that break cannot come soon enough and it was such, on the lead side of it, such a monumental win. This is a team that hadn't won since that they beat Chelsea real early in the season, that 3-0 back win. Back when Tuchel was in charge. Back when Tuchel was in charge of Chelsea. And people were talking about Jesse Marsh's job being on the line. I don't know if it necessarily would have been on the line if they didn't beat Liverpool, but I think you know next week they played Bournemouth at home. I think if he didn't get a result in that one, I think Jesse Marsh is likely done. But I think he's gotten, he's earned some leeway with this result. Um just the, I think Leeds deserve some credit too for the way they played. I think, um, you know, Crescencio Somerville is a guy who hasn't seen a ton of minutes for Leeds, and to for Jesse Marsh to give him the start on the left, and for him to score the game winner, really just, it's a good way to reward the manager. I thought Tyler Adams was also really solid in the midfield. So was Brendan Aronson. Just to shout out the Americans real quick, but for Leeds, I mean, the side was headed towards relegation. That was the fear. There's just not a lot of talent, particularly in the back line. And it's such a huge result that could right the ship. If they if they beat Bournemouth on Saturday, that's two wins on the cuff heading into a really, really tough run of games, you know, before the World Cup and then it stretches after the World Cup. They've got Tottenham before and then their first game after is against Man City. So if they could just get a couple wins before the World Cup break, the, the outlook on their season just changes entirely. And I think it's a lot of credit to Jesse Marsh for, you know, he reads the headlines. He sees um, that people are calling for his head and that, He's, he might lose his job, and he responds by, you know, energizing the squad to a huge 2-1 win at Anfield. Yeah, I mean, I think since the beginning of the season, we've been talking about Liverpool and their struggles. Obviously, last season compared to this one. Last season, they made every uh, cup final that they participated in, League Cup, FA Cup, Champions League. They were almost close to winning the Premier League, but Man City came back. And I think, you know, in the beginning, Michael, we talked about, you know, I think this is back in September when you, before the uh, Champions League groups uh, group stage started. Uh, I asked you too, like uh, personally, that you know, will Klopp get the sack 
are the fans behind club no. yes are the fans behind club of course yeah no i i'll i'll answer that question right now no shot he gets sacked if anything the fans will be angrier at the owners because Klopp has done what he's done with a relatively uh, limited budget. I mean, if you take a look at like a couple of big signings, I'm not counting Nunez, but like, you know, the the big summer, uh, the big window was Van Dyke in the uh, in in the winter, and then the following um, summer we, we got Allison. Those were two big signings, but all of that was primarily funded because of the Coutinho deal. Coutinho deal. So like, I, 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 I and even the owners have admit, have admitted even without like uh, without the Coutinho deal, those those deals don't happen. So it's clear that that their owners aren't willing to, you know, give their managers, you know, a lot of cash in terms of like Man City, you know, they 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 go, they go and buy out, you know, the best players everywhere. Same thing with Chelsea, you know, you, you saw how much Chelsea spent over the summer. Uh Barcelona, I mean, obviously they pulled some uh, some levers, but you know, those those teams can, you know, they know that they can spend the money whereas Klopp hasn't been able to have that level of, of financial freedom. So if anything, I would expect um, them to be angry at the owners compared to Klopp itself. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll he'll get the sack. Um, his contract was supposed to run out this year, but then he signed the extension for another two years. Um, so m- maybe at the end of the season he might leave. Or, uh, but I I don't see that happening just because what he's done for this club is bring bring Liverpool back to where they should be, especially. Um, with the, if you take a look at the squad that he had and where they were at before him, and take a look at where they're at now, I I don't think he'd want to leave, especially on on a bitter end. But I may be wrong, but I don't think he, I I doubt he'll be sacked mid year. Yeah, I think he's earned some leeway just based on what he's achieved and, and he's earned a lot and, of leeway. and the culture he's created. But I think if he doesn't get top four this year, I think there might be some questions asked about you know the future of of, of him as manager of Liverpool, but. But then when I think about that and I zoom out into the scope of, you know, world soccer, who out there is better coach than Jurgen Klopp? I don't think there's that many people. I don't think there's unless you wanna totally tear everything down and sort of restart again with, with somebody's somebody else's philosophy. Um I'm I'm trying to think who's available right now. The the only man that I can think of is Tuchel, but I don't think he'd Pochettino? be a- and to me, both those are, are downgrades, no matter what happened, agree, no matter yeah. what's happened this season. Yeah. You've seen what Jurgen Klopp has done at Borussia Dortmund. A Zidane, maybe? I mean, I, I don't think he'd, he'd ever go for Liverpool, the thing about, but that's the, the thing, only manager. The thing about managers is they set an environment. When Klopp came, what year did Klopp came? 2015? Mid-year 2015, 2016. Mid-year, they made the Europa League final, they made the League Cup, and they lost. But after that, you've seen they've made every important tournament final. Yeah. Uh, the year after, there was no Europe, but then they got fourth place. Right. Got him to the Champions League final, lost. Then the next year, within one point of going unbeaten, in the in the Prem, but then won the Champions League. Then the year after, absolutely dominated the Prem. The Prem. And then the year after that, injuries. Year after that was last year, and we all know what happened last year. And this year, okay, fine, I'll give you that this year. But we've had a couple of injuries. I mean, it's too early in the season to say if you know it's twelve games have been played. You know, there's thirty eight games in total that's been played. It's, this season obviously is unique because you know they're playing a lot of like every three or four days they're playing a Premier League game or a Champions League game before the World Cup starts. So there's also the Carabao competition next week. Um, I think I, it's next week. Is yeah. it next week? I believe so. Yeah. Midweek next week. Yeah. You know. So are are we are we you know are we appropriate to say that you know they're as of now they're fighting for top four. They're not contenders. 
of the Premier League. Oh, obviously. We, I've said this so many times. Yeah, uh, no, no shot we're in the title race. But what I will say is I can see the season going a lot like the 2021 season where we had those injuries and we had that horrible run of form. And then somehow, like in, I think at the start of March, we went on like a 10-game winning streak and we got into the top four on the last day. I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not a title battle. It's just just getting to the top four this season, or win Champions League. This season year. reminds me a little bit of Klopp's last year at Dortmund, twenty fourteen fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think they finished in sixth or seventh place. And in the spring, right before the season ended, he announced that he was going to leave the club. Um, that just the way that 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 season went for Dortmund, um, and the way this season's going for Liverpool, it's been disappointing. But before that, I mean. Two years before that, Bruce Dortmund were in the Champions League final against Bayern Munich and were, you know, in Iron Robin, a little mazy run through the middle, um, away from I think that I think one thing to note is that they lost it. Like at least we've won it. So they I did like, lose it, but you lost this past year. I'm well aware of that, yes. <laughs> he I mean, before that he delivered two consecutive Bundesliga titles mm-hmm. to Bruce Dortmund, I think twenty ten, eleven, twenty eleven, twelve, over Bayern Munich. Yeah. Now is the last time somebody else has won yep. the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. Then they win the Champions League, and then there's another year, and then a down year in 2014-15, and then he leaves the club. It to me, there are some parallels here between the current what's currently happening at Liverpool, and I know he says how much he loves the club, but I think if people if things continue to go wrong after the World Cup, if they turn it around and get top four, I think he stays mm-hmm. every day of the week. But I think if if Liverpool continue to struggle throughout the rest of the year, I think there's a world where Klopp voluntarily walks away. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the season, depending on where they finish, if if the board backs him and gives him, you know, the cash to get their their target acquisitions, then you know, I uh, there is a possibility. But but uh, in terms of what Gino was gonna say, like like maybe going in the middle of the season, no shot. But at the end of the season, if we don't get Champions League, and you know he hasn't been backed by the board, I could see him leaving. It'll be sad because what he's done to Liverpool is, you know, changed. Uh, Liverpool's, um, you know, just stature, especially in the current game. Uh, it'll be sad, but I I wouldn't blame them. The next prim, uh, Premier League match for Liverpool is Sunday. It's a super Sunday, so we got Tottenham. Is it on Sunday? Tottenham versus Liverpool at Spurs. And at what time is this? Uh, I'm eleven thirty on Sunday. Eleven thirty on Sunday. Spurs. Oh, I was uh, trying to like you know. If I have work, I'm d- I'm not gonna be able to watch that, which is sad. Um, now, what if let's say Liverpool loses the game? Now, is the question of you know Klopp him staying at the end of the season or him staying in the season or after the World Cup is his you know job in the year? No, no, I you still believe he's gonna still be the prem um, yes. the manager by the end of the year. Yeah, wait, but by the end of the of the season or by the end, end of like of the year, the year? Like calendar year, twenty twenty two. Yes, I, I yes. I, I, I expect Klopp to stay as Liverpool Liverpool manager until the end of the 2022-2023 uh, Premier League season. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Oh, don't but, phrase it <laughs> like that. Oh, come on. All right. So I get, I, we have to uh, transition into Champions League. It's the last uh, match week. Yeah, uh, but don't you want to shout out your Premier League team who got a win? Did they get a win? Yeah. Did they play against again? West Ham. They beat oh, them one nothing. I mean, there, it wasn't like, you know, that very... Uh, Interesting, as you know, compared. You know to what? Leeds. I agree. We we only focused on the best teams that are in the Champions League, so let's just move on. I that agree. is that is true. Yeah. We don't have a topic for Europa League, so <laughs> let's get to a Champions League. The match week finally we got the first four groups 
uh, qualify. It's been done. All the games have been played. An exciting Champions League group stage. I think it's been the best group stage in a couple of uh, years. You know, there was a lot of group of deaths. Uh, we yeah. got to talk about Group A. Group A, Napoli has qualified, stay in the first place with 15 points. Liverpool are in second place, 15 points. Ajax are going to the Europa League with six points. And Rangers officially declared by UEFA and Mike Hernandez. <laughs> the worst Champions League team of all time in the group stage. Well, yeah, because they got six games, zero wins, zero draws, six losses, and a goal differential of minus 20. That is statistically the worst. Two goals scored in six games and 22 goals conceded. One of those was against Liverpool. I know that. Which Where was the other goal scored? They played every game, home and away. They lost all of them. No, no, but but yeah, but where was the other Rangers goal scored? Because if they they scored two goals, one of them was against Liverpool, Liverpool. I know, in the 7-1. The other one was, uh, I actually don't know. Oh wait, I I I I think it was yesterday. It was yeah. So so one goal Ajax. against Ajax, one goal against Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially after you have a season where you go to the Europa League final, uh, and then transition to this, it's a bit sad. Um, as for the other people, I I did expect Liverpool to top the group, but when you lose four one uh, to a team. That is, you know, Napoli, and then you only win two nothing just because of the head-to-head. Uh, Napoli went through, which is a bit sad, cause, or at least a bit worrying for me, because now Liverpool's potential opponents are, as of right now, it's either uh, Porto, Bayern, uh, Chelsea. As it stands, it's going to be Madrid or PSG, unless if Juve can spoil PSG's I, I have party a and feeling, make Benfica go I have a go feeling top. Liverpool's going to get PSG. I don't know. Why. I don't want that. I, I don't do know. Not I want have that. a feeling they're going to get that. You don't. With it's just gonna be Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe standing up there, you know. All yeah. you gotta do is hit him on the counter. Yeah, I don't want that. Honestly, w- <laughs> what I want, I want Juve to because those games are gonna be played in an hour. Because I-, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the but the games have been pushed back an hour because like daily. I don't know yeah, why. Savings. It's very annoying. It's different because, in, in Europe because right now we'd be talking, you know, talking about it. Uh, we'd uh, those games would would be right. playing right now. Uh, but yeah, Juve have a chance if Juve beat PSG and then Benfica beat Maccabi Haifa, which will probably happen. Um, then Benfica go top spots, and then that's another team I, I want, wouldn't mind going against. I want to re- like remind ourselves our predictions from the beginning of the of the season when we recorded a podcast predicting what's going to be the outcome of the group stage. I well, think I was wrong. I about think a we couple, were. I, I think we were that. correct on Group A. No, well, I, I was cocky. I said Liverpool first. I, I said okay. Liverpool first. I think just because I had to. Uh, was this outcome right, Nick? To you, in the beginning of the season, were you guessing this was going to be, you know? Oh, was he on that episode? I no, was he not. wasn't. But but there was a, there was a solid six seven weeks where I was not an FVFC for some reason. But well, well uh, that's because you know you didn't bother showing up. I'm kidding. I don't know that's... why. <laughs> You'd have okay. to talk to Ryan about I that. Think, no, I think the obvious choice would be Liverpool at, at the top, and Napoli played you know an almost flawless group yeah. stage. They're up still up was undefeated. Day. Yeah, they're undefeated up, in, up until the last. Yeah. The we last... stopped the invincible streak. Stop Let's go. I'll take streak. that. Yeah, but um. I definitely thought Rangers were going to play last. I think people massively overrate how good Rangers and Celtic are, and and the level They're of the, both the, the level of, it, yeah. of the Scottish Prem mm-hmm. as as a whole. This is random, but like four years ago, Tim Weah from the U.S. went on loan at Celtic, so I watched like a a good amount of Celtic games. It's not a high level of soccer in Scotland. Below below Celtic and Rangers week in week out, it's not. What's the better league, the the Scottish Prem or the MLS? MLS is way better than the Scottish Prem. Yeah. I mean, nah, there's more, there's more teams than the MLS. There's more teams than the MLS. MLS is, as a whole, MLS is way better than the Scottish Prem. So I was expecting Rangers to finish bottom. Um, but I, I did think Liverpool were going to win the group. Um, 
but so it's off just, by one. Yeah. Uh, did you say Liverpool or did you say Napoli? What time? I said I think I said Liverpool first. Okay, so so but I think all of us would have said Napoli as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, group. Group B, Group B group was B. the shocker. Group B. I think I've never seen a match like the Atletico match against was it Leverkusen. No. Are you talking about the eleventh minute? That was Porto, I think. Uh, the missed uh, pen. Oh, wait, you mean last week? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was against... I, I thought that you were talking about, like, the 90-plus 11-minute winner back in match day one. That was against Porto, but you're talking about last week's... The, the Carrasco missed penalty, that, yes. That was last week against Leverkusen, yes. All right, so we'll get to that, but we got to obviously say the standings. FC Porto, 12 points, Arm first. Club Rouge, we obviously know back, I think, back in uh, mid-September, or mid-October, excuse me, that they qualified to the... They were the first one in the group to qualify, They were the first one to qualify, yeah. so they're second with 11 points. Bayer Leverkusen, five points, will play in the Europa League. And then the shocker, Atletico Madrid, out of the competition, won't be playing the Europa League. Out of Europe entirely, yeah. Europe entirely. Five points. Uh, but what, what was the goal difference? It was the same, negative four. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Leverkusen... Had a uh, cards? No, uh, I think um, if you take a look at those two head-to-heads... The head-to-head um, tiebreaker went to... So, so, so last week, Leverkusen tied 2-2. So just let me go to scroll to match day two. Um, Leverkusen beat them 2-0. So because of the head-to-heads, that is why they advanced. But yeah, huge... I think all of us had Madrid either topping or just advancing because it it, 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 is, athle- uh, it is Atletico. Yeah, and... Um, and- Talking about the match, what we're referring to is the penalty missed by Carrasco in the 98th minute. That was insane, yeah. It uh, He saved the penalty. The goalkeeper saved the penalty. And then the header off the, the bar. The header off the bar. And then they, sh- uh, they shoot to the goal, but it was blocked. And by an Atletico player, if I'm not mistaken. Was it an Atletico player? I, I think it was. Yeah, like it had so many deflections. And then because of that... They drew and and they sealed their fate. They as were eliminated from the Champions League. Right, they were going to Europa League, but then they lost against Porto. Against Porto, yep. Yesterday, two to one, I think, and now they're completely out of the uh, European uh, Cup. It's troubling times for Atletico. Uh, Simeone is his job. I <laughs> talk no. about managers. No, he's been Atletico for over ten years. I think. I think he has to alter his methods. I think. He's won two La Ligas in the course of ten years. He's been to two Champions League finals. Yes, he's won a Europa. He's League. won a Europa League. He's won a Europa League. Um, I just think Europe's figured out the Simeone secret sauce of whatever you want to call the it. The dark arts. The dark arts of football. The um, dark arts. Yeah. I think it it it's it's just worn off a little bit. I think Simeone's a great coach, and he can he can, you know, alter his tactics a little bit to adjust. But I mean, some of those results for Atletico Madrid in this group stage were just. Just not good enough. The performances were not good enough. Even even, you know, they had that last win, winner winner earlier in the group stage. That was a game that was ugly the whole way through, um, and they're they're getting punished for it. It's just also we talked about this last week a little bit. Just the the uh, the ebbs and flows of 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 European soccer. You know, Spain for so many years were you know, top of the totem pole with Real Madrid and Barcelona and Atletico Madrid going deep in the Champions League. And, you know, the tides shifted a little bit to towards England, and it, might, and it may shift again. But, you know, only Real Madrid, the only Spanish team going through to the Champions League um, knockout stage. So, you know, those are, those are things that Atletico Madrid need to correct. But I don't think Diego Simeone's job is, is on the line. Yeah, I, he lives and breathes a lot to go, and the fans love him. 
So we'll have to see what happens. It's l- kind of like a Liverpool situation. It I, is a little bit it, like yeah. a weird yeah. club situation. Neither of those coaches will be fired midseason, but maybe at the at the end of the year. It's, maybe, it's definitely an end of an shot. era for one of those managers. Definitely one of them has has to go. The, but the, some, well, at some Simeone, point, it's, it, it, it's Simeone. Simeone, it's Simeone has lost a couple matches in La Liga so mm-hmm. far. He's out of, of. I think the first time in their history they uh, finished last in the group stage. So we'll see what happens to Atletico Madrid in the coming future. But we got to move on to Group C. Let's go. Uh, Bayern Munich, obviously, first. They've won every game, 18 points. Inter Milan, 10 points, second place. Barcelona will now be playing back-to-back Europa Leagues. And Victoria Pilsen, uh, zero. zero points. And they're not the worst team because they have they a goal actually difference. scored goals. They have a goal difference of negative 19. And they scored goals against Bayern and Barcelona. They, they scored two against Barcelona, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Bayern, that was easy. I mean, I, I would have bet everything I had, uh, to have Bayern top in the group. I mean, you know, with that force, you know, a flawless group campaign. Um, I, I don't want to say a big shock, but the, or a shock in to- in general, just because of how they were last year, but Barca dropping down, especially with all of the signings that they made is is a bit of a, a shocker just because, you know, they got Lewandowski, you know, Rafinha, Kessie, like, you know, they basically pulled like a thousand levers just to get those players. And they were banking on um, getting the um, Champions League knockouts for the money. And, you know, it, it's obviously now they're going to have to readjust their financial stuff um, to deal with being in the Europa League. But obviously, you know, fair play to enter. They got that crucial uh, was it one nothing win in the San Siro match day three against Barcelona, um, and then obviously yes. they were able to at least get a draw in the Camp Nou, uh, and because of just the head to head rules, that meant you know all they needed was a point from their next uh, two match. Oh no, sorry, all all they needed was I think it was a point uh, f- from the next two matches, and um, and they got it back in match day five, and you know they could have taken it easy match day six. Um, but yeah, obviously it, it, it's a bit of a shame uh, for Barca, but huge and fair play to enter. Yeah. Um, I think everybody, just the way Bayern Munich has approaches the group stages, the way they've played the group stages for, you know, this for so long and the way Barcelona have crashed out of, of European competition in, in, in epic ways, you know, in the last, in the last seven, eight years. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that Bayern Munich topped the group. I think it is a surprise how, with all the investment that Barcelona made into their squad, all the players they brought in, all the players they moved around, all the things they did, you know, from a, you know, managerial perspective in terms of upper management and the money they had to move around to get these players, to do all of that, and then finish third and just go back to the Europa League, which you were in last year, because you got knocked out. It it seems it it's definitely got a sting for for Xavi and sting for that entire group of players who, who it's it's a new group who are trying to rebuild the identity of FC Barcelona as one of Europe's premier elite clubs and this is just a I wouldn't say it's a major step back but it is a, it is a solid step back in what they're trying to do because they have played well in La Liga of course Real Madrid we know everything they've done you know being in first place Barcelona have had a good campaign in La Liga. And they're playing well there, but it's definitely a, 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 a sizable step back to, to go back to the Europa League after all the drama of the summer and everybody who they brought in and all the changes they made. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is a bit of a shame. But, you know, what, you know, if you're a Barcelona, you're kind of expected to, you know, 
uh, you're expected to get the job done. But enough about that. We're going to go on to another quote-unquote group of death, which was Group D. You know, obviously Tottenham got that last-minute winner, uh, which secured their um, their top of the group um, efforts. But um, overall, you know, uh, th- that was actually the game that I saw yesterday because uh, you know uh, Liverpool had already secured the group stage berth, uh, the knockout stage berth. So I was like, oh, let me put on Tottenham. And then the moment I tuned in. Uh, Marseille scored the the header at the end of of the first half. So I'm thinking, oh my God, Tottenham is gonna beat Tottenham and somehow squander this lead. Then they equalize, and then of course in the last minute, uh, uh Holberg gets the winner uh, to secure their place as the top of the group. Um, and then I believe Eintracht Frankfurt beat Sporting. Uh, so the, uh, Eintracht also made it in, uh, and then Sporting down in third, and then Marseille was down to fourth. Uh, Nick, I'm going to turn it to you because you, you mentioned it a bit earlier. Um, Tottenham were oh so close to pulling a Tottenham and getting knocked out. Uh, what was your take on the match? They were. And when they went down in the first half, I was I was at the end, right at the end of the first half. I think everybody was thinking, it's going to happen again. Um, it's the history of the Tottenham. Um, everybody. Tottenham. Everybody. It's, it's Giorgio, Tottenham, yeah. Giorgio Chiellini quote. I'm pretty sure I said that last week. You did I? say that last week. No, I said, wait, I said it when Keenan was on. I forget yeah. when was it. Um, but I was impressed with with the resilience that the group showed. I was really impressed with Hoybier in the midfield. He got the game winner. I was also really impressed with his his partner in the middle, Bentancourt. I thought they played a really really solid game in midfield. Um, and I think for Tottenham to under Antonio Conte to go on the road and um, and pick up this result to top the group is is impressive. When when every team in the group is playing for for their lives on that last mm-hmm. day to Go on the road to not sort of back down and to and to get a win in Marseille is one of the hot, most hostile environments in Europe. I mean, the velodrome was absolutely popping, and that yesterday. was without a stand being open. Like, yes, they had a stand because closed, they've had so insane, many yeah. issues with the French authorities because their ultras are so crazy. It's not it a pleasant fun, though, but yeah. it's not a pleasant place to play for Tom to go there and silence the crowd and score two in the second half. It's it's it makes a statement to maybe not the rest of Europe, but to. To some people, about the intentions of this squad, I don't think they're quite there yet to to make a really, really deep run. But it, it, it does it's a considerable step in the right direction under Antonio Conte for the team to to not do what they've done so often historically. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, uh, I, I just want to say one quick thing before we go on to the next group. All right. If Tottenham had drawn, that means Eintracht Frankfurt would have topped the group, which which would have given Liverpool another team to go against. Well, it's crazy that Spurs at some point in the match... They were, they were down to third. They were down to third yeah, going to Europa back League. Back down to the Europa League. Yep. So let's move on to uh, Group E. Uh, the Group E uh, matches will be finalized in a couple of... Uh, in 40 minutes the game starts, yeah. 40 minutes. So Chelsea will play Dynamo uh, Zagreb and... Milan will play Salzburg. It's actually a group of death because anything can happen. But as of now, Chelsea are first, Milan second. And Salzburg. I, I, I think Ch- no, Chelsea are confirmed first because are they beat first? Milan and oh, yeah, head legs. to head. They beat both Milan. So, so in a way. I think Milan's going to go through. They're playing agree, yeah. at home. It's on zero Salzburg. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, uh, Chelsea is top of the group. But in terms of the of the big match of Milan against Salzburg, I do think Milan will p- pull through just because of their quality. And it is, I believe, at the San Siro. So that's going to be an interesting match. Um, but yeah, I-, I would be shocked if Milan somehow lose because not only have they, uh, you know, they're the reigning champions of Italy. Uh, excuse me. The head coach, uh, I believe, signed an extension for a couple of years that was recently announced. So, you know, things are definitely on the up. For uh, uh for Milan, so I expect them to to win, or at least uh get a point because all I need is a point, 
um, to qualify, and then you know, uh, and then they'll deal with the knockouts uh, once they qualify. But but I do expect them to win, or at least I at think least they'll get, get the result they need at home. I think um, you know Chelsea proved they're the undisputed best in this group um, with their two wins over Milan. They did prove that they beat Milan home and they beat Milan away. Um, whatever happened in some of the other games, not really relevant. <laughs> Zagreb, Zagreb, <laughs> not really relevant. Um, Fired the coach, but <laughs> but. I think Milan will have enough to get over the line against Salzburg, and it'll be Chelsea and Milan going through. But um, for Chelsea, it was a, obviously a bit of a, a rocky group stage at times, but but they got those two big results against Milan, the, the, the second-best team in the group, which will propel them through. But I think it'll be Chelsea, and then I think Milan will um, get the result against Salzburg to, to sit in second place. So in Group F, we got 10 minutes left. It's happening, actually, right now. Real Madrid are beating Celtic 5-0. to zero. And Shakhtar uh, Donetsk is losing to Leipzig 4-0. Yeah. Matches are about to be over in a couple of minutes, so I think it's pretty certain that Real Madrid are going. Well, they're already through, obviously, but Leipzig obviously going through. Shakhtar Donetsk will be going to the Europa League, and Celtic are out with two points. I think from the beginning of the draw, we knew who was going through. Yeah, uh, it was. Pre- I think it was pretty certain that you know uh, Shakhtar or Celtic had the option to go to Europa League, but. It's Shakhtar's uh, path, so I think. W- w- what's your opinions on you know this Madrid team? Because now they're scoring five zero. They're now playing with Karim Benzema, a Ballon d'Or winner. Uh, will Madrid make it far to the Champions League like last season and not have those comebacks anymore? Uh, I mean, you know, I I feel like after the first leg of every uh, knockout competition, we were like, ah, oh, Madrid's out, and then except for the Chelsea one because the Chelsea one they. They won, they, yeah. Benzema hat trick at the, the bridge. Hat-trick, yeah, um, I actually could have gone to that game, but I, I decided not to, which is very sad. Um, but um, yeah, obviously, uh, I, I do expect them to go far. I I'm not sure about back to back winners, just because it's very rare. But if there is a team to win back to back, it's Madrid, because you know we all know they had that three peat. Um, I mean, yeah, as of right now, they are the group winners. Um, you know, I, I feel like everyone would have said, yeah, Madrid's going to be the group winner. But, um, yeah, it's obviously good to see that they're still uh, playing well, even without Benzema, uh, who is a worthy Ballon d'Or winner, especially after what he did last season, uh, yep. especially in the Champions League. I mean, you know, the, the hat-trick against PSG, the hat-trick against uh, Chelsea, the brace against Man City, and then the penalty to send them into the Champions League final, uh, all well-deserved. Uh, Leipzig also uh, was a bit nervy, but um, right now they're beating Shakhtar uh, which was a game that they needed to win or at least get a point, and they're winning four nothing. So they're also confirmed, uh, almost confirmed, unless if they blow a four nothing lead in the final couple of minutes, uh, they're confirmed as group runners up. But I, I feel like all of us would have predicted this group in the way that it was. Um, going back to what you said about the Scottish Prem, Nick, uh, having Celtic with two points and Rangers with nothing really shows. Um, it's not a good league. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit out of their depth right now. I mean, they have been on the up a little bit. Rangers but. made the Europa League final and lost on pens, so that's that says something mm-hmm. about about their quality, at least last year. But in terms of, of this group, I think everybody thought it was going to be Real. To me, they seem better this year than they did last year. I think they have... They're more you, organized. There's there's a lot of players who have... T- they also got a couple of good signings. Last year, you know, Angel, Angel, Carlo Ancelotti would do a little, you know, facial expression, a little 
eyebrow raise and chaos would ensue. I think it's more organized <laughs> this year. And I think there's players who have taken steps up. You know, Federico Valverde is playing like one of the best midfielders in the world right now. He's been so, so good. And he was really just kind of a – they threw him on the wing in the Champions League final, and they would do that throughout the knockout stages, which isn't really his natural position. Now he's starting in the midfield, and he's playing so, so well. Um, I think at this point, based on what they did last year and what they've done so far this year in both the Champions League and in La Liga, I think they need to be considered favorites to, to repeat in the competition. Although, really? Although it's rare, have they showed any signs to you that, that, that suggest otherwise right now? I mean, they I think did lose to Leipzig. They did. So. But I think um, they've earned that, that sort of respect. Of course, there there's the other teams in the same echelon as like you know like Bayern Munich and teams like that. Man City Man this city. year. I mean, I, I, I forget who who's the city fan in our like little FUV thing. I don't think there's anybody. Really? I think that's right. No. Good. Good. Yeah, we should keep good. it that way. Who do we should? We should. No but, city fans allowed. But you know, obviously with Holland. I mean, obviously Holland's injured right now. So. Yeah. Um, I think a Real Madrid uh, round of sixteen against Liverpool will be great. No, no, please, no. Uh, okay, no, if we win, then yeah, I'll be happy. But I, I don't want that because don't think it would end that way though. I, I know. No, because the issue is because you're the group winner, you get the home field advantage, quote unquote, because you get the first leg away, but then the second leg is at home. That's so it's right. like so you get like that urge at the end. But as of right now, uh, Real Madrid's potential opponents are uh, actually I'm pretty sure every runner up is available because there are no Spanish teams. So, That's so, right. so because like the rules, Real because, Madrid for example, are the only Spanish yeah, team because because Liverpool could could have gone against Tottenham or but Man they, City they can't, not or the... Chelsea, but they but they can't, so... I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's move on to... Let's quickly move on to the last two groups because I do want to get to our next topic. We don't have to. It's fine. No, we have to. No, we so we're going to do with Group G. Uh, Manchester City, 11 points. Dorman, 8 points, second. Seville will be going to Europa League, 5 points. And FC Copenhagen, 2 points. Uh, Man City will play Sevilla uh, later today at home, and Copenhagen will be playing... Is Holland starting? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think Holland's starting. And Copenhagen will be playing Dorman at We're home. Sad. Uh, it's a very important, important match for Sevilla because if they uh, no, it's not Mike. Why are you shaking your head? Uh, because Sevilla's already confirmed. Oh, Sevilla's very confirmed. Yeah, Europa yeah. League? Just because Dortmund has the head-to-head on Sevilla, and if I'm not mistaken, Sevilla has the head-to-head on Copenhagen. So all of those uh, positions are already confirmed, to my knowledge. May- maybe the Sevilla Copenhagen one is still up for grabs. Um, I don't think it is though. Um, so yeah, Man City's already confirmed as group winners. Dortmund is already confirmed as runners-up. Sevilla is already being sent to the Europa League, and Copenhagen is in the lowly last. Well, would so, you look at that, Pep? He's happy. Exactly. Pep is happy. Exactly. Let's move on to our last group then, Group H. I think you know the Messi fans will enjoy this. Uh, uh well, not yet, because there's still one final match to be played. For you know, Juve could finally turn up and uh, beat well, PSG. I am, I am going to get to that. Yeah. So PSG is first right now with 11 points. Benfica as well, 11 points, second. And Juventus going to, could be going to the Europa League. They are. Confirmed? Yeah, because of the head-to-heads. Yeah, poor Mikhail Haifi. They could have been going to the Europa League. Juventus are third, Europa League position, three points. Mikhail Haifi, three points. Juventus obviously hosts PSG later today. Kaba Javi will be playing at home against Benfica. Uh, we obviously know the story with Allegri, Juventus. They can't sack him because it's too expensive. The players in Juventus, you know, are very, uh, it's very random right now in, in Torino. So this uh, situation of them going to Europa League, uh, Ronaldo leaving two seasons ago, uh, 
the environment in Juventus is not really good so far this past couple of years. You know, with the changes of managers, players are going. Dybala left. Uh, on a free, right? I think on a free transfer. Yeah. You know, and Paris will be playing at Torino. Juventus will be playing Europa League. What do you think on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it it, it is a shame for uh, one of the big European teams um, to have been knocked out in the group stage for the first time since 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, when you have a team like that that's been slowly spiraling down, uh, you know, their their dominance in Serie A ended uh, two years ago. Last year, they didn't win a single trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Um and then, you know, this year to be struggling in Syria and struggling in the Champions League as well. Um, you know, I, I can't say that they deserved to stay in the Champions League just because, you know, you lose to Maccabi Haifa, you lose to Benfica, you lose to PSG. So, you know, they, they really kind of put themselves in this position. Um, obviously, I don't think Allegri will be sacked just because of the monetary um, value. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. Maybe they... Maybe they win the Europa League. You know, maybe that's a way for Allegra to buy some time. I don't think they'll win it though, just because if you take a look at who's in the um, in the Europa League now, you have United, Juve, Arsenal, Arsenal. Like you know, th- there's a lot of good teams in there. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how um how how the Europa League is. But as for the top of the group, it's still up for grabs because you know Juve may decide to show up for once, and if they beat PSG, then all Benfica needs is a point because of the head to heads. Um. Actually, I, 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 if the goal difference just works in their favor, because right now, because um, Benfica drew to PSG on both games, so all all uh, all Benfica need to do is hope that Juve either ties or beats PSG, and then all Benfica need to do is just win, and they're and then they become the top spot, which means you know Benfica could go against Liverpool, which I think would be an easier uh, draw. Yeah, the difference in 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 coming second and winning your group is so huge that, that that can't be lost on PSG today. They can't think... Uh, PSG going... was was second last year, right? Because that's why they went against Madrid. Yeah. Yeah, so... So it's, it's such a huge difference when you just scroll through <laughs> the, the, the teams who came second compared to the teams who came first. I mean, if you come second, you could play Club Brugge, you play Inter, you play Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, it's just... it's it's You want to finish first. And PSG can't go to Juve in, in 30 minutes and think that they're just going to roll over because they don't have they don't have any Champions League hopes. They're still playing for pride. For yeah, so it's it's PSG need to need to show up against Juve if they need if they want to win the group. I'm not. I, I really hope that that Juve just stun PSG so that because then PSG could go against Man City, Madrid, Chelsea, Tottenham, Bayern, Porto. But basically every group's up for grabs. But that'd be very interesting to see. Um, you know, imagine a Madrid PSG rematch in like in the same scenario because PSG get the home leg first and then the away leg in Madrid. That'd be very, very fascinating. And plus, as a bit of bias, I feel like Benfica is an easier team to face than PSG because we beat them last year, so it could so happen again. We'll, we'll check on that. But this Monday will be the round of 16 draw, so it's yeah. very, very quick to see what teams are going to be facing each other in February. But I think that's all about Champions League. Let's move on to our last topic. You know. The American side, good old American soccer. Talk MLS playoffs. It's been a long season, a very long season. But we finally got our two teams facing off in the MLS Cup final. I think it's been expected all season long. The first seed in the West, LAFC, will be playing the first seed of the East, Philadelphia Union. LAFC defeated Austin Austin FC 3-0 in Los Angeles, and they showed a really good performance at their home stadium and deservedly won their way to final. 
and in the East, New York City FC, the boys from the Bronx, lost to Philadelphia at Subaru Park 3-1. to And it was a gut-wrenching loss to New York. They were leading in the second half by a goal. And then in the span of 10 minutes, three goals were made from Philly. A tough loss to the reigning champions. But it wasn't meant to be. Uh, we obviously know that LAFC all year, all season long, have been really good, especially Philadelphia too. It's crazy to say that the city of Philadelphia, all their sports teams have are really good right now. Eagles undefeated. Phillies just won last night. A very big win, by the big way. Big win, seven seven zero to the Astros. But this isn't no, uh, this isn't nosebleeds. But you guys should check that out if you're listening. That is true. So uh, Nick, I want to uh, talk to you about it. You know, we talked MLS all season long. Uh, I think last time when I was here with you, we said uh, whoever wins New York City FC, whoever wins from the East will win the MLS Cup. Is Do you still stand on that, or do you think LAFC is going to take it all? Because, you know, home field advantage, they are playing at home. So what's your thoughts on that? That was a really, really dominant performance from, from LAFC. Um, in all facets of the game, Austin definitely, that, that penalty shout in the second half that got VR reviewed should have definitely, I think, been a penalty. It was inside the box, but it didn't go their way. And I think in all facets of the game, LAFC dominated. But on the Philadelphia side of things, they showed real resilience against NYCFC. Um, they went down goal in the second half. They could have easily been down two. Callens had that header. Andre Blake with the save going back the other way. And then three straight goals from um, Carranza, Gazdag, and Burke to seal it for Philly. Um, it was a, a really resilient performance after going down to the defending you know, MLS Cup champions, a team that knocked you out in this stage last year. You can tell Philly won revenge and they got their revenge. It's a matchup now, an MLS Cup final between, you know, the two, the best team in the East, the best team in the West. Um, it's a really, really tough matchup to predict because how can you bet against LAFC at home? You just saw how they played against Austin in the conference final. They're a little more shaky against LA Galaxy and, and El Trafico, but they still came out on top with that last-minute goal. But Philly, you you could see what a healthy Alejandro Bedoya did in the midfield for Philadelphia. It made a big, big difference. And I think Philly, to me, this is Philly's year. In in I I I hate everything about the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> I hate the, I, 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 I we're, we're, we're with you. I don't like the Phillies. I don't like the Eagles. I don't I don't like the Flyers. I hate the Flyers. I the Union. I don't really mind because they're the Red Bulls. Don't really have a rivalry with the Union. Um. I just think it's it's Philadelphia's time, and I think Philadelphia goes to LAFC, and the same thing as last MLS Cup. The score's 1-1, and Philadelphia wins on penalties. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a big MLS guy and NYCFC fan, it was gut-wrenching to see uh, the season end like that. But um, going back to you know the final, I, I think uh, LAFC will win it just because, you know, if, if you see the quality that they have on their on their team and it's at home field it's at their home field so it's going to be um it, it'll be hard for philadelphia to uh to beat them however i feel like you know with every sport that philly has a team and they, they just have that magic with them right now so i, I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, the union pull an upset but i would say that i think lafc is just a bit too much right now yeah i mean i was watching the, uh the easter conference final and obviously i'm a big nycfc fan so Watching watching the match being played and you know analyzing the whole entire season they had, from their coach Ronnie to leaving to Belgium, Tati Castellanos leaving to Girona midseason and you know they had a they had an uh, an uh, August slump, 
and uh, it was very, very uh, disappointing to say for New York City FC. But they made it back to the Eastern Conference Final, but, you know, uh, it wasn't meant to be. They scored an absolutely stunning first goal. They've been, they've been doing goal. that all play, you know, against Inter Miami. All those three goals were very, very it, nice setups. And if that Callum's header gets past Andre Blake and he doesn't make that that save going back the other way, yeah, I think the game's probably yeah, over. And it's two 0 because that was in the 60th minute, and then by the 67th minute, NYCFC were behind. Um, it one say Andre Blake is gonna is should be considered for MVP. He's been outstanding this season. He's been the best keeper in MLS for for many years now. And I think it's 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 good that he's finally getting in that conversation. It's a it's a tough tough loss. Um, I do want to say before we wrap, at least I can be happy as an NYC NYCFC fan because we won a trophy this year. That is true. And the last thing I'm going to say about unlike, the Leones uh, Cup, the last, unlike, the last unlike thing, another uh, uh, New York team. Yeah, no, we don't win trophies. It's exactly. not. It's not really exactly. It's not really trendy right now. The last yeah. thing I'm going to say before <laughs> we trendy. end the podcast is, I think New York sports fans had suffered this calendar year. We have suffered, yes. I'm going to tell you something really crazy. Three New York sports teams, three, lost in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Three. Rangers? Rangers, Yankees, NYCFC. At least we have the other type of football to keep us going right now. When are we going to win a trophy? It's been a long time coming. Well, well hold on. Wait. We, 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 uh, are you saying like we New York fans or outside, NYCFC? Outside, because outside we literally soccer, just won a trophy. Outside soccer. Oh. It's been a tough year for New Yorkers, especially those teams, those fans who support. The ebbs and the flows, the ebbs and flows. That, Phillies' yeah. time is right now. The Phillies are going to choke. Not a big deal. I will the s- Phillies? No. No. I, I want the Phillies to win. I will you say know why? the Rangers won last night against Philadelphia. So no, no. You want to know? You want to know why I want the Phillies to win? Because what happened the year after the Phillies won? The Yankees won. The Yankees won. So you're saying there's a chance. Well, we'll see about that. And plus, but... I, I don't want. I, I don't want to see those cheaters win. So exactly. I do. I hate the Phillies. You want the wow? I'd rather I'd rather people who cheat win than than, than the city of Philadelphia. Nah, nah. I'd rather people who disrespect the game of baseball win than the city of Philadelphia. Wow, you hate them that much, huh? Yes. Wow. Well, it's crazy. It's the Yankees' years next year, so I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It's been a wonderful, wonderful Champions League uh, group stage, but that's going to do it from us. My name is Gino Alva. I want to say thanks to our producer Andrew Craneri. I'm hopefully I said that right. Uh, I did. Michael Hernandez, Nick Guzman. I'll see you guys next week. Peace out.